It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome into the September 9th episode of the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. And uh, Frank Corrado joins us for part two of our two-part interview with the former Toronto Maple Leafs. We get into all things Maple Leafs, his thoughts on the offseason of Kyle Dubas, and then what to expect for the Maple Leafs this year. And he gives some advice to young Rasmus Sandin. You're not going to want to miss out on today's episode. All that and more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, it's Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video on YouTube, Locked On Leafs, hit subscribe, uh, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Part two of the conversation with Frank Corrado continues today, David. Uh, I'm excited because we get into some hardcore Leafs talk. Yesterday was more so a conversation about, you know, his career, uh, the transition from playing into getting into the media, and then his time with the Maple Leafs, the whole Free Frankie movement. But today, the conversation more so result, um, revolving around the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I can't wait for it, Dave. Yeah, it's great to get a former player's opinion on a lot of things because we can only think about what a player is going through, especially the Rasmus Sandin situation is a perfect one because, you know, Frankie's been a player that's kind of had to wait his turn, you know, to get into a lineup and try to battle to get into a lineup and has probably dealt with contract negotiations as well. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like the former player's opinion a lot on these sort of things. Yeah, so uh, all the time, let's get to part two with Frank Corrado. So last season, you ended up going over to the KHL. You went and you signed yeah. a contract to play with uh, uh, Riga in Latvia. Uh, tell me a, a story about that. I mean, I, you ended up not yeah. getting to too long. You ended up coming home after sustaining uh, an injury. Yeah. But is there anything that you could share from your time over there? I mean, where do you start, man? Like, so, you know, I signed the deal in May um, and it's kind of known that in the KHL, you're going to have a long training camp. I, I think we, you know, I think the start date on the contract said something like July 15th. So, you know, I'm budgeting for a six week training camp. I'm going to go July 5th, 14th and we're going to 
do six weeks and we'll get ready for the start of the season in September. And uh, we're getting closer to July and we're not hearing anything. And then all of a sudden we were, we're all, all the imports, all everyone, we're all in this WhatsApp group and it's like, Oh, we're uh, everyone's flying out July 9th, book your flights. I'm like, okay, well, seems a little early considering the contract starts on the 15th, but all right, I guess that that's fine. And I swear to God, like every day it was like, Oh, actually it's the eighth now. Oh no, it's July 7th. And then it, it ended up being like July 5th. It was like, you got to fly out on July 5th. We need you here on the 6th. Get there on the 6th. It's like, we got one test on the 6th. Then we have one test on the 7th. Then the 8th, there's nothing. Then there's the 9th. It's like one, I don't know, one appointment you got to go do. And, and the imports, we've kind of caught on to this by now. We're sitting there like, we could have done this all in one day. Like we, we could have had at least another week at home. And when you're a hockey player, one week at home in the summer is like a year. Like, you, yeah. you, you know what I mean? It's such a long time. Um, so anyways, and then another hilarious thing was like, so we get there and they're like, okay, we're, we're only covering your hotel for three days. Like you guys all got to find apartments, right? In, in, in the KHL, you got to pay for your own apartment, your own car, which is cool. It's part of the contract. And a lot of places in Europe, car and apartment is included, whatever. Like we're paying for the apartment for, for the hotel for you for three days, you know, find a place. So we all find places, a bunch of us find places. A couple of guys didn't. And then after we find places, they go, Oh, okay. So uh, we're going to this other town for uh, two and a half weeks to do training camp there. They're like, what? Like, yep. Yeah, yeah. We're going pack for two and a half weeks we're going there and there was guys that came with like wives kids like my own buddy had twin uh twin daughters he's like what could you have told me before like i would have had everyone stay home for another two and a half weeks now like the wives the kids they're there alone in riga i'm not there to help all these things and even for us it's like i'm paying for three weeks of rent that i don't need now i could have just got an apartment when i got back right and uh so we get there we do this whole training camp it's madness it's crazy it's two a days three a days heart rate monitors on you got to be in the red zone 180 beats per minute all this kind of stuff uh guys are getting hurt left right and center no one can practice at night because you know guys are getting hurt during the day doing all the running all the jumps all these kinds of things and so um it was crazy like the khl kind of lived up to the craziness aspect and and i think the 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 worst part of it too like you go through these these things in your hockey career and ultimately you get a paycheck and most of the times the paycheck is you know let's be honest it's a nice paycheck we didn't get paid until september like i think we got paid september 30th um so we're talking later yeah so like we got our i think at one point we got like 1500 euros to like pay some groceries you know and then we finally like oh we got like the teams like we got we finally got the money we got the money so um yeah we ended up getting getting paid at the end of september and i think from there on in it was like a regular pay schedule the guys were saying but you know you go july august and september you know with all that kind of nonsense and then you (laughs) It's just it's just a long time to, to wait, is what I'm saying. But it was yeah, it was interesting for sure. It, it must like and, and like Europe is like a totally different lifestyle than North America too, right? Like you have to get used to you know living over there and yeah. your whole lifestyle. 
Yeah, on... the lifestyle's not too bad there, actually. It, it's actually quite nice, I'll be honest with you. Like, living in Europe's great. The food's fantastic. The people, uh, you know, for the most it's part, really are nice and friendly. Yeah, Riga, Riga is a beautiful... Riga's a beautiful city. Sweden was great. Like all the Swedish towns are awesome. The food in Sweden was like incredible. Um, some of the best food I've ever had. Um, so What's yeah, like that. What is there now? I don't even know. It's out of meatballs. What is no, delicate? It's funny, man. It's funny because like as soon as I got back here, I was Googling like Swedish restaurants in Toronto and there's like, there's none, but you go to Sweden, you have their cuisine. It's like, you know, they got the meatballs. They got these like beef, um, you know, burger patty things. They have all these cool Swedish dishes that you would never even know of because we don't have them here. But I think the the, the, the signature thing, like the highlight for me about food in Sweden is everything is covered in a sauce. And it, we're not talking like, we're not talking like ranch sauce. We're talking like delicious, creamy, buttery sauce. And, and everything is just so much better because of it. Um, and you don't feel that bad too, because the sauce, the, the ingredients they use there, it's all high quality stuff, it's high quality dairy, high quality, um, you know, oils, all that kind of stuff. So it's, I'm telling you, man, like Swedish cuisine is top notch. That's interesting. That's, I honestly have never once heard, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that statement in my life. If you and I went there, we would put on a feed at the Swedish lunch. Oh. Swedish lunch is buffet style. It's a big deal. Like they do a big lunch. It's buffet style. You 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 like you eat you eat the wheels off the place, and then you sit down. You have a little coffee. It's called fika. You have a little coffee and a little pastry. Converse, chat, and then you get on with your day, buddy. You cannot beat that. I that sounds pretty pretty darn good to me. Not yeah. gonna lie. Almost like you and your pops on the uh, cruise crushing oh. those steaks. Yo, you saw those. Those were some yes. delicious, delicious steaks. Yeah. Um, all right, Frankie, we'll take one more quick break and we get back. We'll get your thoughts on uh, the Maple Leafs for this upcoming season. Less than a week away from the report to training camps, less than a week away from rookie camps starting up and the rookie prospect tournaments that uh, will be coming up next weekend. And so we'll get your thoughts on all that and more. On the other side, you're listening to the Locked On Lease podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll get right back into this Frank Corrado review, but first, I want to tell you all about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Also, the National Hockey League, I might add. You can find all the latest league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this week's or this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're your hosts here on the show. We've got Frank Corrado, former NHLer, former Toronto Maple Leaf, joining us here today. Uh, and Frankie, you know, we've, we've got the Maple Leafs uh, season coming up, obviously, with training camps getting ready to go next week. Uh, I'm sure... Back in your day, maybe you hated this the week coming up to it, or were you excited to get no, back? No, I was excited. I was excited yeah. to get back. I was excited to see the boys. I think once tra um, fitness testing was done, it was like a you know a relief 
fitness testing's over and, and we're, we're back to playing hockey and you're getting back into the swing of things. I always look forward to training camp. Well, and when you were young, I guess, like early in your in your career, you would have been up against the Sedins, who all yeah. I've heard is they crush those yeah. fitness teams. Yeah, very, very fit guys. Like, And they competed with each other to see who was going to win training camp fitness yeah. testing. It was crazy. Yeah. So um, when we were on Leafs Lunch, it probably would have been like a couple of days after the season ended. We kind of went through and we had a checklist that you and I had made on the lunch for how the Maple Leafs offseason should go, right? A Kyle Dubas checklist. Based on that, or or however else you thought the Leafs um, offseason needed to go, like how would you grade this Leafs offseason and Kyle Dubas over the last couple of months? Yeah, I think it's been fine. I think, you know, I, I can understand, like, him not doing any snap reactions to things. Like, I think it would have been easy for him to just say, I'm going to trade so-and-so because I just want to, um, just to change things up. Like, I, I, I can... I can respect a little bit, I guess, sticking to your guns and what you believe in. Um, I guess the, the thing that I see is like, I think there's depth on the blue line. I think the goaltending situation is going to be interesting. Like, I think if Matt Murray or Sam Sonoff, if one of those two guys hits, Kyle will look very good. Like he'll look like a genius. He'll look like the guy who, who, you know, if, if it's Sam Sonoff, he'll be the guy who believed in him and who accessed the potential that a lot of people thought was there. For Murray, you know, he'll he, he'll he'll justify it by saying that, yeah, I knew there was the playoff capable goaltender who won two Stanley Cups. We just needed to find it in him. Like he could look really good if those hit. If those don't hit, it's a big gamble gone awry, right? Yeah. Um, so that's the risk you take there. Up front, you know what Matthew's gonna do, you know what Marner's gonna do. You hope Bunting picks up right where he left off. Um I think there's still a hole on the second line. I, I really do. I, I think Tavares having a healthy summer is going to help him a lot. I think he's coming off that nasty injury. That you know, it's tough, especially for an older guy to to have a summer where you're just rehabbing and kind of just getting back to even, I guess, even par if you want to relay it to golf. Um, you know, so so I think he'll not to say that he's going to gain a step because you know maybe he'll gain a step on what he was last year. Right. Um, right. I, I think for me, Alex Kerfoot probably plays a little too high in the lineup. That's why I was hoping maybe there would be someone coming in on that, that second line left wing. The other thing I kind of see is like, and, and it's a small thing, but like, I would like to see a little more of a defined fourth line center. I think Adam Goddard is a player who has um, some top six skill, but hasn't really put it together in the NHL for a consistent period of time. I know they talked about how he had uh, a really good world championship. That's great. That's fine. But also remember like Italy plays in the world championship, right? So, um, you know, that that's, we have to take that for what it is. Um, I think there's some potential there, but yeah. So, I, I mean, if I look at the, the areas of, of, of need, um, I was hoping there would be a second line left winger. I, I still hope that there's going to be someone, I guess, who maybe is out there as a fourth line center with a little more, I guess, someone who plays a little busy, plays a little more rugged, um, has a little more edge to their game. But if this is the way you're going to start the season, they're going to win games. Like they might not be 115 points, but they're going to win games. They're going to have a chance to win the division. Um, and, and Matthews is going to do his thing. Like he's going to score, I don't know, he's going to score a bunch of goals. Marner's going to have a bunch of points. It's going to be an exciting team to watch. It's going to be a very good team. And ultimately, 
no one cares until they get to the playoffs because they need to win in the first round. I yeah. I got two questions for you. One is like you you've you know Matt Murray, you were on the same team together in Pittsburgh. What are your thoughts on just not even just his play, but like how he is as a person and dealing yeah. with now the pressure of coming to Toronto? Yeah, I think listen, Matt Murray's a great guy. Matt Murray's a great guy. I, I think um it takes a special kind of goaltender to win in the playoffs, and he's done that. You know, I just think it's up to him to find that and and act. Yeah, and he's done it twice, and, and he did it as you know, I guess coming in as a young kid. I guess Mark Andre Fleury's backup. Listen, being the backup or or the second guy to Mark Andre Fleury in that market is not easy. Like you talk about the pressure he's going to face here in Toronto. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. That's more than he faced in Pittsburgh, but he got the ultimate test, man. Like. Marc-Andre Fleury could make a, a, a save where the puck goes right into his chest and the crowd will go wild in Pittsburgh, <laughs> right? Matt Murray could make a 10-bell save and he'll get the golf clap, right? Like, that's how much they love Marc-Andre Fleury there. And Matt Murray was the one who ultimately won the job from him. So, you know, he, he's dealt with that pressure. He's dealt with that kind of adversity. Um, so I, I think he ultimately is well-equipped. It's just going to be up to him. Like, it's up to him to be available, to the team, first of all, and to find his game and find the game that won two Stanley Cups. Now, on this team, who's a guy you like to watch and maybe the people don't talk enough about? And who's a guy that people talk about all the time and you're just like, I don't see it? Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone polarizing on the Leafs that way. Um, I, I think I think Tavares... He produces. He produces a lot on the power play. I'd like to see him produce more five on five. I think that's a foot speed thing, though. Like like the players that produce yeah. a lot of five on five are quick. They're agile. They're mobile. Um, but if he's going to get a lot of points on the power play, and the power play is going to be first in the league again, you know, like you're going to get what you get, and that's okay. Um, I don't know if there's like I, I think the interesting thing about the Leafs is like. Nylander's a polarizing guy. I have a lot of time for Nylander as a player. Don't expect him to go hit guys. Don't expect him to run around. Like, that's not his game. Uh, Insulate him with guys. Championships, Frankie? I mean, that guy was looking like Ryan Reeves at the World Championship. Yeah, I know. I know. He grew grew eight inches before that tournament. But, like, that's that's my beef with that. Like, Willie's going to give you what he's going to give you. You know what he is. He's going to score goals. Um, You know, he's got the foot speed. He's got the elusiveness. He's got all that kind of stuff. But... Just, I don't know. Like, I, 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 you don't need to harp on the fact that he gave up on this puck and that puck. It's you're gonna have to take the good with the bad as long as he's on your team. And if you can stomach it, you can stomach it. But um, he's a hell of a player, and he ultimately does more good than bad for the team. Uh, I think one of the things that a lot of people kind of are waiting on uh, at this point, uh, this far into the off season, where the season is a week away is, you know, what's going on with Rasmus Sandin? The fact that he still is not signed to a contract. How do you think that this entire situation plays out? It's an interesting one because he's a very good player. He's also young, and he's missed a lot of time with injury. I like him as a player. I like him as a person. Um, I I like the way he moves the puck. I, I like the poise. I like the confidence that he has. Ultimately, he needs to be on the power play. I think he does a good job on the power play. That's where he thrives. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's in his best interest to miss training camp. Um, I, I think, you know, he probably wants to get acclimated with the group and, and prove himself 
on a day-to-day basis here and prove that the team needs him more than he needs the team. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think he holds himself. I think like, personally, I'll tell you, like, I think he's a better player than Timothy Lilligren. That doesn't mean I think Timothy Lilligren is a bad player. I just, yeah. I think Rasmus Sandin is a little bit better, but ultimately when you're a restricted free agent, you're only negotiating with one team. You're not an unrestricted. You don't have a whole market to negotiate with. So what the team wants to give you, what the team sees as comparables, that's where you're going against. And so I don't think he has much leverage in this situation. But listen, I think I think ultimately it, it will get resolved. I, I, it's hard to say when, um, but he's he's a hell of a player. He's very talented, and there's there's a lot that I like about his game. I'm curious what advice you would give to him personally because. There is some discussion of whether or not maybe he'll not report to camp and, you know, kind of go the, the William Nylander route where he's going to dig his heels in and try and get what he wants. But, you know, you are a player who, like you said, at 22, 23 years old, which is right about where Sandine's getting at, you know, not playing that season really kind of hindered your, your development. And you yeah. thought, yeah. I mean, if he decides not to play, doesn't report to camp, I mean, that that could be a bit of a, a you know, a roadblock for him and his development curve. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? My, my advice to him would be, if you think, if you think the organization owes you something, that's fine, but you might have to park it. Like you might have to just eat it for one more year and show them, like show them for a longer period of time that, you know, you, you can play, you can compete, you can contribute at a high level for them and win a job, like go win a job because there's going to be opportunities for you. There's going to be guys, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be, you know, rotations in the lineup. One thing about Sheldon Keefe, we know he, he doesn't let guys sit out for too long, right? Like he, he did it with Travis Thurman, does it with Sandine, Lilligren. Like, you know, there's there's going to be opportunities for these guys to play. So, you know, I know you might think you're, you you deserve more and maybe you do, but you might just have to eat it and, and go prove it. Yeah, I, th- we kind of had that a little bit of that conversation about how it's also, you know, you have veteran guys ahead of you, and it's always tough to say, well, you know, veterans will always get, as Mike Babcock once said, you know, tie goes to the veteran usually in most cases. And I'm, yeah, I'm assuming it depends that- on the stakes, right? Like you're talking playoffs, you're talking, you know, situations where you need a little experience, then yeah, tie might go to the veteran. But if you're a better player and you're contributing, then, then you're going to get the opportunity you deserve. And right? I think something the Leafs need right they need their younger guys to start contributing too because yeah. that could be what's the missing ingredient for them to be going further into the playoffs yeah yeah, yeah. everyone's got to take another step right like in and the big I, I think the, the big dogs have shown that they can do it like Matthews and Marner there's got to be ownership from guys lower lower on the totem pole and that that team that hierarchy that say you know what on any given shift on any given night I can be I can contribute you know I can be I don't want to say be the hero, but I can contribute in a big way and make a big difference for this team. Yeah. And we heard, um, you know, we heard Kyle Dubas say he wants to see guys make that jump from the American League to the NHL and kind of had some internal push and internal growth. So yeah. hopefully that does end up happening. Uh, Frankie, really appreciate taking the time, buddy. I know we kept you a little longer than uh, we initially said we were going to but thanks so much buddy. Good, buddy. and uh, i i know i will see you uh, at some point here but really appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us today all right buddy thank you very much guys we'll take care 
All right. We really appreciate uh, Frankie for coming on to join us here on uh, Locked on Leafs. He was gracious with his time, gave us some uh, really good insights and some of his thought process on the Leafs offseason and working in the media realm and uh, a couple of stories from his playing days as well. So we kind of covered a lot there in uh, in these last couple of episodes. But that'll do it for us, Dave. That'll do it for us for the week. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Also, follow Frankie at Frank Corrado 22 as well. Uh, go ahead, smash that like button if you enjoyed this content. Leave a comment down below on YouTube, and uh, we'll be back with another episode Monday. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 